justify prove to be right or reasonable justification is at the heart of all legal and political argument but at a time when argument itself is slave to appearances it is time to bring back a culture of justification justify a podcast on law and politics in india from the vidhi center for legal policy hosted by orgo sen gupta hello everyone a very happy new year hope you had a great start to the year and we are back with episode 5 of season 2 of justify this one's titled india's war on weed over the past few months the narcotics control bureau has been in the news for its investigations in drug related cases in bombay shockingly it now appears that unlike mdma and cocaine which is what we thought were commonplace amongst the rich and famous in bollywood it's the humble ganja that seems to be the poison of choice and that too in really small quantities i saw that comedian bharti singh was arrested with 86.5 grams of cannabis in her possession shabana saeed wife of producer firoz nadiadwala was actually arrested with 10 grams we have all been in college campuses in india where ganja use was rampant in fact in certain parts of the country the cannabis plant grows widely the easy availability of cannabis means that it is no surprise that its use is recorded in ancient indian scripture After all we are all familiar with Lord Shiv who is said to have planted the first cannabis plant in India far from being illegal it was an accepted part of life in the country still common in any congregation of rishis and munis so what happened to us from worshiping gods and respecting sanyasis who smoke charas to arresting persons with 10 grams of ganja in their possession how did we get here and where do we go from here To chat about this, I have two very special guests, Neha Singhal and Navid Ahmed, my colleagues at Vidhi, who have co-authored a brilliantly researched paper titled "Criminalization Leads to Exploitation: The Mumbai Story No One Knows About." It's a very different story from the Bollywood drug story that we've been seeing in the press lately. Neha has also authored a path-breaking piece of work on drug abuse in Punjab titled "From Addict to Convict," which is a must-read for more serious scholars. Uh, welcome to the show, Neha and Navid. It's a real pleasure to have you. Hi Orgo happy to be here Thank you Orgo So Neha tell us let's start with you I was just looking at the national survey on extent and pattern of substance use which was put out by the Ministry of Social Justice and it says that between the age of 10 to 75 there are 3.1 crore people who are current users of cannabis Yes so is the national narcotics control bureau going to arrest 3 crore people So this is actually a very interesting question, and um, something seems to have happened in 2020 where the NCB uh, seems to have gone after cannabis users in the big way. This wasn't something that they did earlier. In fact, um, you know, these your sources tell you that um, cannabis really wasn't on their agenda at all ever. um something sushant singh rajput seems to have triggered something in people where cannabis has become a thing within the ncb but what does happen is that the police really does go after cannabis users in in, in bursts i think when they need to up their arrest numbers cannabis users are easy people to go after this was a trend that was seen specifically in bombay but i think other cities are also catching on and of course they're not going to go after three crore people they're going to go after the most marginalized or whoever is going to catch the limelight or whoever is going to be interesting at the point at that particular point but other than that no of course not they're not going to go after three pro people most of us most people who smoke can smoke in peace i assume okay so that's actually uh, i know our 
episode is uh, has a number of listeners who are in college campuses uh, who might be uh, listening to this episode with closer attention than others so that will be some comfort uh, that it's not as if three crore people are being arrested but let's come to the law uh, because we've all grown up thinking that drugs are a bad thing as mm-hmm. there was always smoking and alcohol but because there was a grandfather or a mother who was smoking or drinking it kind of seemed less bad than drugs did so uh, as far as the law is concerned navid can you tell us a little bit about the narcotics drugs and psychotropic substances act can i be arrested if i am uh, you know either smoking ganja or having bhang what is the legal position so uh, the narcotic drugs and psychotropic substances act enacted in 1985 basically prohibits all sorts of activities in relation to narcotic drugs and psychotropic substances including cannabis which is ganja and charas so you could be prosecuted if you're found smoking if you could be prosecuted if you if any cannabis is found uh, on you and you could go to jail for 6 months for that and it depends on how much quantity is found on you and then the the punishments can change and vary according so nia's point that smokers seem to be safe is a practical point that it's unlikely that the police will go after everybody but as per law it is a violation to be smoking ganja and you can be in jail for 6 months is that what you're saying of course section 27 prohibits consumption and possession of ganja and uh, data tells us that around 80000 cases have been registered under the ndps act last year and 60000 of them have basically been uh, consumers all right so that's actually pretty large numbers but uh, but tell us how this works because i am not an expert in this area but uh, uh, as an i was at a mela a few years back and i remember seeing a a group of sadhus smoking on their chillums i have partaken in some uh, holy parties where bhang has been consumed so how is this operating because obviously cannabis use is entrenched in socio cultural practices in india and and so people are you know consuming charas and having bhang but here you are saying that there are 80000 cases that are that are being registered so i i sense some degree of contradiction neha can you help us in, so, in resolving bhang is not uh, a criminal uh, consuming or possessing uh, possession of bhang is not a criminal offense under the ndps act um, charas and ganja is so your holy parties are safe Uh, that even legally one should not get into trouble for as per as in for chillums or smoking weed i think what happens is that a lot of look it's culturally acceptable in a lot of parts in up right um, i think you're talking about banaras and the chillum smoking sadhus in banaras your local police is unlikely to actually go after these people because your local police is ultimately a part of the local fabric and it's it's come they they're a part of they i think all people they consume uh, cannabis in some form or the other so they're unlikely to go after these people in practical day to day life the bombay study tells you that uh, the police tends to go after users and in this case cannabis users only when there is some political pressure on top political pressure only asks for numbers numbers of arrests in that particular city it doesn't matter what people are being arrested for what section 27 what navid mentioned does is that it makes arrest of people very easy there is no procedural requirement 
for arrest and conviction. So the police just went after, I think in around 2014-15, the Fednavis government had this urge to up its conviction and arrest rates, and they just used the easiest law in force or at the time to go after people. And if you don't have the political pressure, likely the police is not going to trouble you. But yes, if tomorrow you have this urgent need to up arrest numbers, it's a very high possibility that you might go after cannabis. But so law allows it. But the police. Tell us, really a little bit, tell us a little bit more about this Bombay study that you did, because one statistic that I found quite interesting was the fact that amongst the 180 people who responded with their occupation, these were people who had been arrested. Hmm. Uh, it seemed that a large proportion were essentially working class people. The number I have the numbers. You have said 50 were laborers, 19 were rickshaw drivers, 15 were in a catering job. So it seems that a large number of those who were arrested seem to be working class people. So can you tell us a little bit more about your study, especially because it really goes against the grain of what we've been hearing in the news that is basically Bollywood, which is the den of ganja in Bombay. What you hear in the news is what people want to read, right? It's glamorous to have, uh, it's, everybody wants to know about Deepika Padukone being uh, interrogated by the NCB and what she's wearing and where she was at that time. Um, but what nobody wants to know about is a rickshaw puller or um, a laborer getting arrested and convicted for cannabis consumption. This is not a story that's going to interest anybody. So uh, the actual bulk of the people who are making it into the system are the marginalized. These are people who are usually found consuming. These are not even people who are found in possession of cannabis, actually. It's just people who are found con- using or smoking cannabis at night. They are p- arrested by the police. They are taken to the local hospital. The doctor checks that this person looks intoxicated. They don't even know intoxication with what. Um, They convince this person to plead guilty and the person pleads guilty before the court and he's convicted there and then and the case is over. Now, this is not an interesting story for the journalist to tell, I suppose. So it's not, and Bollywood, I'm sure, uses drugs in some form or the other, and it must be high use. But the cases that are making into the system are not of Bollywood celebrities. It is of these people. And from my sense, drug consumption is ubiquitous across different strata of society. It's just about who you decide to focus on at that particular time. So, Navid, can you tell us a little bit more about the Bombay study, what you found? Uh, Bombay's study tells us that uh, it was somewhere around 2014, as Neha said, that the government felt that uh, increasing conviction rates gives a better impression of how the criminal justice system is basically functioning. And uh, until about uh, until 2013, you were having around 3,000 cases registered under the NDPS Act, and suddenly it goes up to 14,000. And in 2016, it go, 15, it goes up to 19,000 cases. And when we looked into what kind of cases are these, we came to know that all of these cases, around 97%, 98% are uh, cases of personal consumption. And then when we got data from the district magistrate courts in Bombay, it, all of these cases mostly are uh, uh, the cannabis consumption cases. Now, as Neha said that uh, we have all of these uh, members from the marginalized sections getting arrested from the roads in Bombay. They live on the footpaths, they live in slums, and they get put in, pushed into jail because of that. Uh, what was very interesting was that uh, most of these people plead guilty upon being produced before the court. And somewhere or the other, the judicial process seems to be a little more, a little questionable because uh, whenever a person gets arrested for supposed uh, consumption of a drug, the person will be taken to a medical practitioner. The medical practitioner will determine uh, uh, whether or not the person is under the influence and of what drug, because that is 
very important to determine punishments under the act and unless that is done uh, a judicial mind cannot be applied and provisions of the ndps act cannot take course so what happens in bombay is that a medical practitioner will tell the police that all right upon preliminary medical assessment this person is under influence and uh, for actual determination of under what influ influence of what drug uh, a urine test or a blood test will have to be done which will of course take 2 3 days but what happens in bombay is that this person is taken to the court he pleads guilty is convicted on the same day and gets a a fine of rupees 500 600 or a days imprisonment in court but that days imprisonment or 500 rupees may be actually a fairly big amount for a daily wage laborer right so i'd yeah. like to just add uh, it's not just a 500 600 rupee fine it's also sometimes uh, deter, uh, depending on which court it is and so you the fines range from anywhere 100 rupees to 8000 rupees so it's not just a 5 600 rupee fine for a laborer which of course would be a big deal for a laborer but it could go up to 8000 rupees and in default of that you'd get 7 days 8 days imprisonment so it's 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 crazy the amount of money they could be, uh, end up spending or being fined so you are essentially saying that one fine day the government decided that it wants to go after cannabis users and suddenly the number of arrests increase and these arrests are typically that of poor people so but you've also you know different study as you found that the government of sikkim has taken a very different approach and they and they've completely gone in the other way uh, and not criminalized this at all uh, so could you tell us a little bit about the different approach taken by sikkim uh i'll take a lead on this and i think navid can add inputs to this basically um the sikkim act it's a sikkim anti drugs act sada uh it follows the ndps approach in almost all aspects except one where it has decriminalized drug use entirely the thing with sada is that it only uh, operates on uh, pharmaceutical drugs so um like your uh, alprazolam i don't know the drugs that uh, uh, nitrazepam so i don't know what the drugs are but these are the substances that are banned under sada decriminalization happened over a years of sustained uh, advocacy by civil society and the civil society and um, your exedicts and people who formed a part of this they campaigned with society with the local people with the government with the judiciary and everybody came to this consensus that it's best to decriminalize drug use because these people will not get better by being sent to jail what that has done is that it's a far more empathetic society from your jail authorities to your police authorities to um, judges everybody is far more sympathetic and willing to integrate um, exedicts into their mainstream lives so um, the judicial officers their caterers are all exedicts they they know your exedicts and by name like they know how to get to them the police knows that the person before them is likely an addict and not a peddler so to send him to the addiction rather than sending him to jail so it's a cleaner happier society with fewer people in jail and but also a recovery. smaller society i'm wondering mm -hmm. if i were to play devil's advocate that perhaps this is something that might work in a small close knit society this is definitely a product of being a smaller society but what's true for a smaller society can't be said to be untrue for a larger society if an addict is somebody who needs health who needs health intervention and treatment that's not going to change just because you have a you have a population of up right it's still the problem is still the same your governance might have to be done in smaller units and that's a whole different conversation but the solution that we have under the ndps act is definitely not the solution and we see it it's a perverted it perverts everything about drug use about the criminal justice system it's not it's not doing anything that it's supposed to do so let's come back to the ndps act so navid can you tell us a little bit about why india decided 
needed to enact the NDPS Act because uh, given the socio-cultural practices that we discussed, given the widespread usage of this and the fact that three crore people are using it and you really can't put three crore people in jail, uh, why did India enact the NDPS Act in the first place? Uh, basically, in, in 1880s, uh, the British government, there were a few questions asked in the parliament by some temperance advocates to the British government at that time, that what was their position with regard to how, with regard to cannabis use in India. And this prompted the British government at that time to set up this Indian Hemp Drugs Commission in 1893. Now, this commission looked into the prevalence of cannabis use in India and if the British could come in and regulate it to some extent or even go ahead and prohibit it. They decided that it was not feasible. Cannabis use was very prevalent in India and, 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 and it was not harmful physically or mentally or in general to the health of the society. So they decided against it. During the freedom movement also, there was, no, uh, there was not a uniform uh, perception about how we go about it, uh, how we go about of, with, uh, the, with drug use. So we had certain uh, localized provincial laws that would regulate cannabis and opium and other drugs but nothing to criminalize cannabis use. It was suddenly in this, uh, in, in, in the mid uh, 20th century when America began to uh, prosecute individuals for smoking up cannabis. Now this was attributed at that time by even by government servants and by the public at large to the African-American community and the, uh, the Hispanic community in uh, America. And this prompted a, a very rabid uh, racist uh, propaganda against uh, the, the, the uh, racial minorities in America. And you had uh, uh, the Anti-Narcotics Act in place, the Anti-Opium Act in, Act in place. And America began to influence international perception about drug use. It had presence in Philippines at that time, and it could, uh, uh, it, it could alter how opium trade happened between China and Britain. And one thing followed after the other, and this led to the 1961 Convention on Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances. India, being a signatory to this convention uh, on, on narcotic drugs, rather, uh, had to uh, had to impose prohibition within India uh, on any non-medical or non-scientific use of cannabis. And the uh, the convention came in 1961. We took our uh, time, and only in 1985 did we uh, criminalize consumption of uh, cannabis. Okay, so that's a very useful history because it, it tells me that one, there is, of course, considerable American pressure in, in order, which has been the basis for India uh, passing the NDPS Act. But also, I would imagine that there would be some degree of local support because it's not as if everyone in India is happy with decriminalizing drugs. I remember there were some very interesting debates in the Indian parliament when the NDPS Act was enacted. Neha, you want to... I um, so from what I read uh, around uh, around the debates on the NDPS Act, there wasn't any consensus on criminalizing cannabis. Nobody actually wanted to criminalize cannabis. It was very clear that it was being pushed on them because the convention said so. So there was no question about doing it because it was they were a signatory to this convention. But the reason you um, don't have bhang within the NDPS Act is because the parliamentarians got a little bit of a way around and they managed to carve this exception because bhang is so intrinsic to Hindu religion. So if you're saying that was there any, um, any sort of uh, any support for criminalization of marijuana, I did not find it. it um, they were largely opposed to it. In fact, quite vociferously. So it seems to me that the reason why we criminalized cannabis use was because it was forced on us. 
we didn't want to do it but there wasn't enough political will to oppose that force so that seems perhaps fertile ground for at least a debate on decriminalization of cannabis now you have advocated in your report that cannabis use should be decriminalized but you have also pointed out that decriminalization is different from making cannabis use legal now this is a difference that i didn't very clearly understand so could you explain it to everybody please we advocate for decriminalization which simply means that consumption of cannabis will no longer be a criminal offense you cannot be sent to jail for consuming cannabis legalization will make the whole process from cultivation to sale to consumption everything legal the reason why we don't advocate for legalization is because we act, you have to have proper structures in mind that would enable legalization who will own uh, the modes of production who will be selling it will it be a government shop will it be private enterprises and this is particularly important because in the us we are seeing private ownership take over legalization and um or these companies which which um, profit motive profit motive means that um you you have gummy bears and you have these uh, lollies and young kids are taking on are using marijuana and having uh, effects of um, of overconsumption and you see er's being filled with young people who have taken ma- too much marijuana because they don't know how much to take and that's typical of private enterprises entering any arena so in india until we know how it's going to be sold who is going to be producing it we shouldn't be actually advocating for legalization which is why we have stuck to decriminalization at this point just so that people don't have to enter the criminal justice system because of this consumption okay so it's basically targeted at the small user so that they are not branded criminals because they have smoked a little bit of ganja so Correct. navin will this make india an outlier again uh, in terms of the fact that will is this the global norm now is the world moving towards this kind of decriminalization because what what neha said if some states in the us are allowing this and and people are smoking this and us which is really the leader of the war on drugs in the world uh, so if india does take this step will it be an outlier or will it be following a norm that is becoming increasingly the global norm i think us is still dominating the discourse around this because uh, in the past century the us started off by criminalizing consumption of cannabis and uh, then moved on to legalizing it for medical use and in the early 2000s decriminalizing it and now you have around 11 states in the us which have legalized uh, consumption of cannabis for personal use uh, the us where you can grow a few plants for yourself you can have on you uh, a few grams for your personal consumption and uh, around 26 states in the us which have decriminalized any kind of uh, uh, personal uh, consumption of cannabis there are other countries like belgium uh, and uh, which where uh, cannabis use has been decriminalized in canada cannabis use has been decriminalized Uh, uh portugal is an interest is interesting because portugal still uh, has an administrative penalty associated with cannabis so there are models in place where you can exp- where you can understand how even decriminalization has to work it does not necessarily mean that uh, a law does not have any way out and uh, people can go about smoking cannabis there can still be some sort of a control there can still be uh, an administrative penalty a fine what is an administrative penalty a fine uh, something like a traffic chalan right so you recommend something like that in india or you are saying do nothing at least it's some uh, it, it could be a start from uh, putting people into jails 
and 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 from and looking at an administrative penalty to start off with so clearly it seems that what you are what you have in mind is an incremental move away from this mass incarceration that currently seems to be happening so uh, just if you had a crystal ball and you were gazing into it if it is if cannabis is indeed decriminalized do you see this as the beginning of a larger movement towards decriminalization of drugs itself neha your previous study uh, in punjab showed that poppy husk is consumed very widely mostly by farmers uh, who it's very unlikely that any government will 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 put in prison uh so should that be the next to go or do you think that uh, it's cannabis and then we stop this if you're asking me what i would like to happen i would like that to happen if you if it's about staring into a crystal ball i think we'd stop we will stop at marijuana because um i think the opposition that we will have to decriminalization of all drug use is but other drugs are more harmful but other drugs ruin youths you uh, you know this is even during um, debates in the parliament everybody talks about brown sugar this i brown sugar and children it's it's such a huge part of the narrative and this is also a definite problem in delhi yeah, when sugar. i was when i was growing up this brown sugar was a bad word and now i go to starbucks and keep asking for brown sugar i don't know something seems to have changed to Is, radically drugs, in these 30 years drugs keep the street name for drugs keep changing right you'll have molly someday it'll become something else something so brown sugar i think is no longer what, a used, what was brown sugar sorry i really don't uh, that's um, he, like i think leftover of heroin you know the crude form of heroin that's brown sugar so uh, i don't know what it's called today uh, i forget garda garda um, i think it's garda in english i don't remember what it's called but uh, it's you know so like if you have a gram of heroin for about 4000 rupees this will be for about 150 200 rupees so it's it's a huge problem among street children in delhi for sure and i'm guessing across the country but what happens when you start talking about decriminalization is that the first response is but it's terrible for people and that's precisely why it should be decriminalized because it's terrible for people and sending them to jail does not make it better for people but i doubt uh, anybody is listening to reason okay so you are are not optimistic about drugs generally being decriminalized but you are cautiously optimistic about cannabis use being decriminalized uh absolutely also because I, and uh, let navi take this because he, i think he's read up more on this uh un uh, india has recently voted against uh, or voted in favor of marking down cannabis as a class 5 drug i think or a class 6 drug whatever basically india agrees that uh, cannabis is not as harmful as other drugs and shouldn't be in the same schedule the very schedule in 1961 that forced us to enact the ndps act has now is no longer in existence so or at least cannabis in that is no longer in existence so if india is voting in that favor internationally hopefully nationally also domestically also it should it should follow through so now so navid last word to you india's voting to do away with cannabis criminalization internationally but the ncb in bombay is going after small comedians for 10 grams of cannabis where do you see the penny finally dropping i think with the un's move to remove cannabis from schedule 4 of the convention they have opened up the debate on uh, on cannabis being medically uh, about cannabis's medical use and and i think uh, it's inevitable that we will move towards legalization of cannabis today tomorrow or whenever but decriminalization should happen uh, uh, now because it's pushing too many people into the jails and it's overburdening our criminal justice system be it police be it the courts be it the jails 
All right, we leave it there for anyone who's interested. Do check out the report that uh, Neha and Navid have come up with. It's it's very short and easy to read, and we'll share the link of that as in the notes. Uh, so thanks very much, Neha and Navid, for joining us. I think we can be cautiously optimistic that cannabis use will be decriminalized, and the poor who are in jail more than the Bollywood stars for using cannabis will hopefully no longer be so. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. But that's not the end of the show for you. We still have Clatter, our legal quiz that's a bit tougher than Clat. And in this edition, a little more interesting. But last episode's answer, you'd remember that the question was, this major political leader founded one of India's first communist trade unions. In 1928, he led the union's first major strike in a textile mill. Ambedkar suggested that one of the issues that ought to be raised was equality and entitlement within the ranks of workers. This gentleman, however, did not agree, and this led to a long and bitter falling out, including the, one of the reasons for Ambedkar losing the 1952 general election. Who is this major political leader? And the answer was S.A. Dange. We had many right answers, but I'm delighted to say that the winner is Mohan Gauda. Mohan had given the right answer for several of the clatter quizzes in episode in season one. And I'm delighted Mohan has won again. Congratulations very much, Mohan. A gift is on your way. This week, since it's an episode on drugs, we've taken some liberties and created clatter with a difference. It's a quiz, but it doesn't stop there. The two answers rhyme with each other. The, you have to make a couplet with the rhyming words. The best couplet with the rhyming words is the winner. So here are the two questions. There are two quiz questions which you have to get answers to. The answers are rhyming with each other. The best couplet with the rhyming answers wins. First question. What is the Spanish word for assassin, also a notable Hollywood film, where the FBI busts a drug cartel? That's question one. Question two, named after the patron saint of the Basque region of Spain, this 14-time Grand Slam tennis winner was best known for her duels with Steffi Graf and, rather interestingly, for keeping the spare tennis ball not in her pocket but in a cup holder at the back of her skirt. Who are we talking about? The two answers rhyme with each other. Get the two answers and come up with an interesting couplet and you get a thousand rupee gift voucher. So thanks very much for joining us for this, for this episode on war on weed. As we found out from this episode, uh, as Neha and Navid said, bhang is completely legal. So perhaps bhang, some bhang might help before composing the couplet. Though the number that I'm going to play for you was... Uh, composed by R.D. Burman without Bhang, but it's still an all-time cult classic. Enjoy the song and see you next week. Adjourn.
if you enjoyed listening to this podcast follow us on twitter at vidhi_india for regular updates we are on soundcloud and spotify as vidhi center for legal policies podcast you can also listen to us on google podcasts or itunes email us at justify@vidhilegalpolicy.in to share your comments and feedback on this episode